0: Hi, I'm Terry Modica, and I want to welcome you into A Pilgrimage of the Soul, a podcast retreat from Good News Ministries of GNM.org. You are entering into a mystical union with Christ, based on the mysteries of the Rosary, for your daily life. This retreat was recorded in New Zealand during a live conference. I invite you to make each episode part of a personal retreat set aside time to reflect on what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. Do the spiritual exercises that are provided in these podcasts. Let's begin with a prayer to open yourself to all that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you. Pray with me. Come Holy Spirit, renew me. Come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, teach me. Help me to receive more of the Father's love and healing from Jesus my Savior. Come, Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. This morning during my Mass time, during during Mass, I call it my Mass time because this is my one form of prayer that I have with Jesus, where I'm just it's Him and me, and we're in love, and He is there in the Eucharist, and He's there in all of you. Mass, as Father said this morning or or hinted at this morning, we have the Eucharist as a communion, which means we are all bonded together through that Eucharist. So not only did I bond with Jesus again during the Eucharist this morning, but I also bonded with you. See, I believe that a, a stranger is just a friend I haven't met yet, because in Jesus we're all friends, even the people who irritate me. (laughs) <laughs> which are none of you here. I'm not thinking of you. I'm thinking of people back home. <laughs> but, you know, the attitude of, of friendship was a key to me learning how to experience joy even in the midst of stress. And that's what to, this morning's talk is going to be about. The title of this talk is Experience the Joy of Christ Even During Times of Stress. Or so if, you if you're making notes, you want to keep it shorter... Finding God in the Midst of Suffering. That's another title that I often give to this presentation. And we're going to be focusing on the joyful mysteries. And we're going to be, throughout this day today and tomorrow, we're going to look at the rosary, the mysteries of the rosary, in, a medita- in, in looking at, yes, they are meditations on the life of Christ and a couple of them on Mary. But it's more than that, and that's what I'm going to open up for you during the rest of this retreat. It's also, these mysteries are your personal mysteries. They are your connection to Jesus, your intimate bond with Jesus. And I'm going to show you how that works. Little background, In, in my upbringing as a Protestant, I was taught that um, you know that Catholics worship Mary, and I wasn't supposed to get into that sort of thing. And it was one of the reasons why I was told never to become a Catholic. You know, you've heard that story before. When I, when the Lord drew me through His Holy Spirit and through my friend Father Ed into the Eucharist and a love of the Mass, which brought me into the Catholic Church, Mary was somebody that I did not understand and did not know. But I did start praying the rosary, but it didn't mean much to me. But I gave it a try. That, that's the point. I gave it a try. And I prayed the rosary with other people, and some of them were smelling roses, and I'm going, <laughs> uh, I'm not smelling it. <sighs> so I said to Jesus, if you want me to have a personal relationship with your mom, you need to introduce her to me. A few years later, some kind, sometimes the Holy Spirit works slowly in us because he's got, either we've got other things going on or I'm, his timing is always perfect. His timing is always perfect, especially when we pray like what I do in the morning. One of my first prayers out of my mouth is, Lord, be in charge of the timing of everything today. That gets me through a lot of things in life and it also produces miracles Because we begin to recognize how God is... There's no such thing as a coincidence, right? They're all God incidences. Well, in one of those God incidences, I was working for the Catholic newspaper of my diocese as a staff writer. And there was going to be a speaker. I don't know. Have you heard of Wayne Weibel? Okay. He was coming to New Jersey. And... I was coincidentally, quote, unquote, asked to cover his speaking engagements. And, and uh, I was actually, when I got the phone call from the person who was organizing his, his different speaking engagements, I was invited to come along on all the speaking engagements and even come to the airport with him to pick him up. And then the man said to me, you know, it's the Blessed Mother who's invited you to do this. And I'm like, "Uh, oh, (laughs) this is interesting. (laughs) And so in that precious time I had with Wayne Weibel, for a couple of days I was with him. I picked his brain about the Blessed Mother. There was one time, now as a speaker, I can appreciate how much I was harming his next speaking engagement because I stole his time, but he was so gracious about it and, and it all worked out. I really didn't damage anything. But for 45 minutes, as he was trying to prepare for his next talk, um, I, he allowed me to interview him, first of all for the newspaper, but then I went way into questions that were just for me. And at the end of, of that, I was like, well, I've got more knowledge, but I still don't feel different. The next morning when I woke up, I was a different person. It was the same kind of experience as many people feel like I want to know Jesus or I want to know the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the spirits, and it just doesn't seem to be happening. And then you wake up and you're different, and you know you're different somehow. You don't know how it happened, but you're a different person, and that's What happened to me? The Lord gave me the miracle of a relationship with his mother, first of all, through having the freedom to talk to Wayne Weibel, and second of all, while I was sleeping. I love miracles that happen while you're sleeping. They're easy and painless. (laughs) (laughs) And the rosary took on a different meaning for me. They took on a new life. But Jesus took me further than just praying the rosary and having meaning in that. He showed me how each of the mysteries were a reflection of my own life. And when I connect what's going on in my life to what would happen to Jesus in the mystery that I'm meditating on, suddenly healing comes, insight comes, comfort comes. And so we're going to be going through that for the rest of this retreat. But this morning's mysteries that we're looking at are the joyful ones. The Annunciation is the first joyful mystery. This is when, well, we know in in the the standard way of looking at the rosary, it's when the angel Gabriel came and spoke to Mary and said, you know, you are highly favored and you're going to become pregnant with the Messiah, and she goes, what? (laughs) How many times have we gone, what? You want me to do what, Lord? I don't understand this. How can it be? This is a time in our lives when the good news is spoken to us in some form or fashion, and we respond with openness like Mary did. We respond with, yes, let it be done unto me according to your, your will, your word, even though I don't understand it. But we sense there's something exciting going on. We sense that there is good news happening, good news being spoken to us, and we become open. In our looking at ourselves as uh, a seedling last night, this is when our seeds crack open. This is when the fertile soil that we've allowed our lives to become, nourish the seed enough that it cracks open and we respond. We are. If you know somebody who is not yet responding to the good news, pray for them to be cracked. <laughs> Wait a minute, they already are. <laughs> pray for them to not only for their lives to be tilled by the Lord so that they become fertile soil, but that their seeds crack open the seed that has been planted within them, the seed that they are in the Lord. The second joyful mystery is the visitation. When Mary, pregnant with Jesus, visits Elizabeth, her cousin who is pregnant with with John the Baptist, John the future Baptist. In the visitation that we experience, it's a time of leaping With a sense of excitement and joy for what is beginning to happen in our lives. What God is beginning to do. Our spirits leap from yearning to hope. We talked last night about the yearnings. I had you look at and spend time alone with Jesus in your yearnings. So that today, those yearnings could turn into hope and new growth. During Mass this morning as I was praying, Lord, what's your particular message, what are you doing here, other than the message that the Lord has helped me prepare before I came here, what is it that you are doing with this particular group of ladies? And what he said to me was, this is going to be a day of growth and healing. This is going to be a day of growth and healing. Count on that. So the visitation is a time when our cracked open seeds begin to produce life. In that sense of new life growing is where we get the hope from, is the feeling of hope, the the spirit of hope. The third joyful mystery is the birth of Jesus. This is now when Jesus is reborn in us. He was born in us in our baptisms. He was born in us at various experiences in our lives. When we met Jesus anew, when we gave our lives anew over to God, made him our Savior, our Lord, our Redeemer, where we chose to live that life. We have these rebirths periodically throughout our lives. In a birthing process, you know there's labor pains. So if you feel like you've got some pains going on and you don't know what they're leading to, you're in labor for something new that the Lord is going to do in your life. Doesn't matter what the source of pain, doesn't matter at all what the source of pain, when we live in the Lord and allow him to live in us and we are fertile soil so that he can do with us as he wills. Always our pain becomes new growth. New life is brought from it. Now, in my, my own story, I shared with you last night about uh, Father Ed and the, the way he helped bring me and my husband into the Catholic Church, the way he helped us get Good News Ministry started as our first chaplain. And I shared with you how his alcoholism then began to bring destruction into all of that. We worked hard with him for four years to try to help him reach healing and to help him become the priest that he was meant to be. Unfortunately, he would only go so far with that growth and then turn away from it. He wasn't willing to totally surrender. He wasn't willing to face the fact that he was addicted, that he had an addictive personality, which covered not just alcoholism, but it included what you know led to his addiction to me. And eventually that addiction to me turned into wanting to have an affair with me because he did not understand my unconditional love. He only knew a warped perception of love because of his upbringing under two alcoholic parents. And never getting enough love so in the years of destruction it came to happen that people no longer wanted to come to Good News Ministries events because he was there you know when I heard people mumbling to each other well I'm not coming to any more of these if he's gonna be there I said oh we're really in trouble We teach in Good News Ministries unconditional love, and people were not feeling that from him. Never mind that he was a priest, and and we all want our priests to be good examples of what Christ is like and how we should be. But anybody on our team who would have treated others that way, we would have been very unhappy with. We would have asked to leave the team, and eventually we had to do that with Father Ed, which was very, very painful for us, because he was not only our chaplain... And you never like to discipline somebody who's on the team. And, you know, there's all the mixed feelings too about, but he's a priest. But it was also our personal relationship, our friendship was destroyed by this. He had been a close friend of ours for 20 years when he lived in another state a few hours plane travel away. And we had shared a lot by mail. This was before the days of email, and by um, by phone. But now things had changed. And as I was crying over this, as I was mourning this, and pleading with God to make something change here, to provide something that would happen to make things better. The Lord showed me an image of of an orchard. And in that orchard was one tree. And he said, this is the Good News Ministries tree. And it had rotten branches. And the fruit that had grown on it was withering up. And was rotting. And the, the diseased branches we were infecting the rest of the tree, the tree could not survive. And I said, oh, gosh, does this mean it's the end of Good News Ministries? We've only been in existence for four years. Actually, at that time, I think it was only three. And he showed me, no, look what happens. Watch the rotting fruit. They fell to the ground. Isn't that what happens when fruit rots on a tree? It falls to the ground. And then what happens? The rottedness of the fruit becomes fertilizer, in effect. The seed in the center of it gets buried in the dirt, and new life springs from that. But more exciting than that is that there were lots of fruit on this one tree, because there's no such thing as a tree that just bears one fruit. And so, All around this tree were these rotten fruits falling to the ground, and up from them were springing new ministries, new life, a new good news ministries. We're called good news ministries with a plural at the end, not good news ministry, because we have many trees, we have many ministries. And we've just been multiplying ever since. That new growth did happen, and... The way Good News Ministries now is, is anybody from around the world who feels connected somehow to what we're doing and feels called by the Holy Spirit to get involved as a volunteer in some way, when they contact me, I say, what, it is, what is it that the Holy Spirit is leading you to do? Pray about that, and I will pray about that, and if necessary, our board of directors will pray about that. And... Let's see what the Holy Spirit brings of this. What are your gifts? What are your talents? What are your experiences? What can you bring to the table? Sometimes people fall away at that point because they just say, Oh, Good News Ministries is so cool. I want to be part of it, but they don't know what their calling is. And I don't know what their calling is. Maybe they didn't even have a calling. But sometimes something happens a connection is made. Like, for example, there was a woman who was reading my Good News reflections, my daily Good News reflections, uh, for I don't know how long, and she wrote to me and said, would you pray for my parish? I'm trying to start a group called Parents Who Pray Together, and she was just wanting to bring together parents to pray for each other's families and she said, we're trying to, to to make this happen and people are not showing up. We're just not getting uh, this happening. And I said, after praying about it, the Holy Spirit planted an idea in my head. I said, how about doing that through Good News Ministries? And she said, yeah, okay. And so I formed an e-group where people, they, they sign up, it's free, they, you, can, you could sign up and... Um, you agree to the guidelines of being part of this online community, and you're accepted in, and you just enter right into the conversation. This has grown. There's, I haven't checked recently, but there's probably a couple hundred people, members of this group, much different experience than what she had in her parish. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with her parish. I'm saying that the Holy Spirit wanted her to do it through Good News Ministries, So he did not bless what she was doing in her parish. God had her in mind for good news, ministries. This is how our trees are multiplying. This is fruit producing more trees. This is how God works. Anytime you experience some kind of a death of something in your life, think of the tree that was a fruitful tree that now is dying, but from it, God is going to produce new growth in abundance. Also, one of the new growths that I want to point out that happened in this part of the Joyful Mysteries that happened to me. In learning how to deal with Father Ed, learning what alcoholism does to a person and to relationships, learning how to uh, understand boundaries and what is an enabler and what is not enabling? The Lord was preparing in me the ability to minister to people that I had not been capable of doing before. And along comes halfway between, you know, two years into this time with Father Ed, the Lord brings into my life a woman who had been abused since she was five years old both sexually and verbally, and, well, also slapped around. And she was divorced twice. And her second husband molested the daughter by her first marriage, and this daughter was taken from her. So she experienced a lot of pain, a lot of loss. And she was about to leave the Catholic Church in search of something that would help her feel better. She'd gone through a lot of counseling, but spiritually, there was still some healing that needed to take place, and she was going to the New Age movement to find that, and had found it attractive, had found it promising. That's when the Lord put her into my life. She had become a reader. Somehow or other, God had put her on to my daily good news reflections, and then she Found out that she lived nearby where I live and asked if she could come and talk to me. And I spent several years after that taking her through spiritual healing and inner healing. I could not have done that because if I hadn't gone through what I did with Father Ed, because I had never, exp- she had a lot of codependency issues. I didn't know what that was. I'd heard the word, but I didn't know what it really was until I had the crash course in it with Father Ed. And out of, out of all the hardships that I've gone through in my life, no matter who it's been with, this has become the fertile soil for my good news reflections. This is part of why, the other part is the Holy Spirit himself, but this is part of why people write to me from time to time and say, were you sitting in my living room the other day when you wrote that reflection? It connects with people's lives because it comes from my own life and what the Lord has taught me in my own life. As well as some training in theology and scripture and whatnot. It all comes together. So that's how a new birth of Jesus transforms a life. The fourth joyful mystery is the presentation of Jesus when Mary and Joseph presented Jesus in the temple it, and his, uh, he was dedicated to God. This in our life is when we rededicate our lives to God. It's when we say, no matter what I've been through, Lord, no matter how far away you might have seemed sometimes, I'm experiencing some good news now. I'm experiencing some hope now And I'm going to rededicate my life to you. Wherever that may lead me, I will follow. That's when Jesus is presented to us and we say, I will follow. This is when we present ourselves to God and say, I am yours. Our sprouts are now growing stronger. The fifth joyful mystery is finding Jesus in the temple. It's when Mary and Joseph had a panic attack over, oh my gosh, we've been traveling for three days and neither of us have noticed that Jesus isn't with us. Now, they traveled in groups. It was too unsafe to travel the road from Nazareth to Jerusalem by themselves. So they always, in those days, they traveled in groups of people from their town. And they all took care of each other's children. So Mary and Joseph were assuming that somebody else had Jesus with them. And they finally realized, no, he wasn't in the crowd. He wasn't with the the group that was traveling. So they, by themselves, had to run back to Jerusalem, retracing their steps looking for him. When we retrace our steps, when we look for where is Jesus, we, because we're fertile soil and we're listening to the word and letting it turn our lives into something redemptive our pain into something being becoming new growth when we allow ourselves to go through that process we become able to find Jesus in ways that we had not expected to find him or in ways that we hadn't noticed before he's been there all along but we need this re- we need this Annunciation, the announcing of the good news and the the visitation where we begin to have hope and the new birth of Jesus in our lives and, and the rededicating of our lives to Jesus in order to find that Jesus who seems to be missing or that Jesus who seems to not be listening to us or caring enough for us. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website,